Good morning. Today is Sunday, November the 20th, 2016. We're at the Fount Church, previously First United Methodist of Fountain Valley. We've been studying the book of First Chronicles, just started it really the last couple of weeks, and we're going to be picking it up at chapter 6 today, The Descendants of Levi, with George Mulak opening us in prayer. Lord, we worship you. We give you glory and praise, Lord. We need you, and we ask you to teach us this morning by your word. Enlighten us, we pray, that we might glorify you and obey you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you'll recall last week, I was telling you I was trying to find a more palatable way to do genealogies, <laughs> since there are about 10 chapters of them in First Chronicles when it opens. Remember the meaning to the people. They were coming back from the exile. This was part of identity for them. Who are we? Who was great-grandma and grandpa kind of stuff? And But for us, it's a little boring, okay? So um, I reminded you that there were 12 tribes of Israel, the sons of Jacob. He had two wives, Leah and Rachel. Leah bore him Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. And then later, Issachar and Zebulun. So she bore six. Rachel, the other wife, bore him two children who were Joseph and Benjamin. And then we had their, each of the wives had uh, children by their maidservant. Leah's maidservant was Zilpah, and Zilpah bore Gad and Asher. And Rachel's maid was Bilhah, and he, she bore Dan and Naphtali. And um, when we looked at the genealogy of Reuben last week, we noticed that he sort of lost his birthright in a way because he went into Bilhah, his father's. The scripture calls her the concubine because she wasn't a wife. She didn't have wifely status. Boy, if you were a slave back in those days, you really didn't have too much going for you, okay? <laughs> and if you were a woman to boot. <laughs> So anyways, those are the 12 tribes. And so we did last week, we did Reuben and Simeon. And we noticed that Simeon doesn't have much said about him. And Simeon was the one who had so violently dealt with the descendants of Shechem after Shechem lay with their daughter, with their sister, who was Dinah. Okay. So we're at now... Um, the descendants of Levi, and I, I said to make it a little more palatable, we would look at what all of the scripture says about each tribe, because the tribes were blessed by Jacob when he was getting ready to pass on in Genesis 49, and again, Moses blesses and, and prophesies over the tribes and in Deuteronomy 33. So you're going to kind of sort of need two fingers today to be in three places, Genesis 49, Deuteronomy 33, and where we are in 1 Chronicles at chapter 6. So the sons of Levi, he had three sons, and the Levites all sort of seem to be ordered from those three sons. We had Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And they will be referred to as the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merariites. And then it will list all the sons' names, who fathered who, who fathered who, until we get down, uh, the sons of Kohath are, are listed first, which is kind of interesting. And of that tribe, you'll notice Zadok 
and Jehozadak. These were priests whose names you might remember. And it says at verse 15, and Jehozadak went into exile when the Lord sent Judah and Jerusalem into exile by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Then we have the sons of Levi again, Gershom, Kohath, and Merari. And now we list the sons through Gershom. And um, I wanted to mention one thing I didn't mention just now on the Kohathites. Up in verse 3, notice that Aaron and Moses came through the line of Kohath. And that's, I think, why they're listed first. And we know Moses uh, and had El, uh, and Miriam, the sister of Moses, is mentioned. And then we have the sons of Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and Eleazar. And you might remember that Nadab and Abihu, they got into a little bit of rebellion. But Eleazar was the next high priest after Aaron. So they had the high priestly line there. And... Um, so I uh, wanted to mention that. Then we have the sons of Levi through Gershom at verse 17. And it starts to list them of all the sons of which I'm going to spare you. Um, there's an Elkanah at verse 23. I'm not sure if it would be the same Elkanah, but remember that was um, Samuel's father's name was also Elkanah. Um, Hannah's husband. And at verse 26, Elkanah, okay, I think it was because then at verse 28, it says sons of Samuel. Okay. So the prophet Samuel, we think, was the last great prophet of the nation of Israel. And um, he came through the line of Levi through the sons of Gershom, Okay. And then we have at verse 31, these are the men whom David put in charge of the service of song in the house of the Lord after the ark rested there. And the ark rested a couple of places in David's reign. One was, it was in Kirhath, Jerium. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And then at one point it lands in the house of Obed-Edom. And uh, we have the story of that coming up pretty quickly about the ark traveling. Um, they ministered with song before the tabernacle of the tent of meeting until Solomon built the house of the Lord. So we had the tent of meeting in the tabernacle, which remember was mobile during the time of their wanderings in the wilderness. But even into the time of David, they were still using that tent of meeting. And hopefully you remember some of that through our study of the book of Leviticus, that tent of meeting. And, the, and it says, and they performed their service according to their order. David was a musician himself, a great musician, actually. Wrote a lot of music, wrote a lot of psalms. We know he was a harpist, called the sweet psalmist of Israel. And he was very, very, to him, very important that the music in the house of the Lord uh, would be very ordered and very good. These are the men who served and their sons. And then we have the sons of the Kohathites. We have Heman, the singer, the son of Joel, son of Samuel, son of Elkanah, son of um, uh, Jer Jer Jeroham. Lots of names here. Son of Kohath at verse 38, son of Levi, son of Israel. 
Okay. And then we have a mention of his brother Asaph, son of Levi, son of Israel, and his brother Asaph. And we know that Asaph was another writer of songs. And at one point I wrote down the different songs. And let's see which ones that uh, Asaph wrote. Asaph wrote Psalm 50, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 2, and 3. A lot of songs from the sons of Asaph. Remember, we read the Psalms more like poems, but they were actually sung in the tent of meeting and in the house of the Lord that Solomon built. So um, that's the thing about song. Song is poetry put to music. And so in the Christian church over the years, when the Psalms are put to music, we call it the Psalter. And when I first uh, was coming into the charismatic movement and everything, I was meeting at a Lutheran minister's home for Bible study on Friday nights. That's what we sang out of. We had a little book called the Psalter. Mm -hmm. And all the praise music we sang was actually directly out of scripture, which actually helped me to learn scripture since I'd never studied scripture before. And um, so I love when we sing the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And of course, many songwriters have used the Psalms for their hymn texts. Mm -hmm. Even our praise music, As the Deer Panteth for the Water. Mm -hmm. Well, As the Deer was probably one of the most famous praise songs that's ever been written and popular in the church, mm -hmm. along with Shout to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And these come from the Psalms. Okay. And... Um, then on verse 44, on the left hand were their brothers, the sons of Merari. And then we have the sons of Merari, Ethan, son of Kishi, and it gives all them. And their brothers, the Levites, verse 48, were appointed for all the service of the tabernacle of the house of God. But Aaron and his sons made offerings on the altar. So that was their main job. They were the priests. And they were ministers of the burnt offering, which we know was judgment on sin. That's what the burnt offering signified in the Levitical rites. And this is what Jesus is compared to, that he suffered outside the camp. He was the burnt offering for our sins. And on the altar of incense for all the work of the most holy place. That was the place where the Lord dwelt, the innermost place and to make atonement for Israel, according to all that Moses, the servant of God, had commanded. Now, we won't have time, but just as supplemental reading to go back into the law, back into Leviticus, when it talks about the service of the high priest, and it describes the clothing the high priest wore. He had a linen ephod. He had this breastplate with stones right here for the sons of Israel. And then he had 12 gemstones on his breastplate, that he went before the Lord to bring remembrance of his people to the Lord as he went into the most holy place. And this signifies what our Savior did, because Hebrews tells us that he entered into that which is within the veil, and he brought his people into God and said, I have now made full atonement for the sin. And... Uh, as it were, redeemed us. That was the redemption price, the death of Jesus. Perfect atonement. But at this time, they celebrated the atonement once a year as a copy, Hebrew tells us, of things to come. 
of things to come. And then it says the sons of Aaron, Eliezer, Phineas. Remember, Phineas was featured prominently that he went in and speared the people that were idolatrous, and he actually speared a man and a woman in the act of intercourse. <laughs> the Bible is very pithy. <laughs> and <laughs> the <clears throat> Phineas, who broke through, and uh, it says, These are their dwelling places according to their settlements within their borders. Now, remember that the sons of Levi did not get an allotment in Canaan. Instead, they got cities in the allotment of all the other tribes. And this is where he's going to list them. It says to the clans of Aaron of the clans of the Kohathites, theirs was the first lot. To them, they gave Hebron in the land of Judah and its surrounding pasturelands. But the fields of the city and its villages, they gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He was the one that, he was actually a Benjamite, but you know the story of Joshua, fit the battle of Jericho. You have to go into the book of Joshua. To the sons of Aaron, they gave the cities of refuge, Hebron, Libna, and it lists all the cities that were given to them. At verse 61, to the rest of the Kohathites were given by lot out of the clan of the tribe, out of the half tribe, and now old list that Manasseh gave them 10 cities. And to the Gershomites, according to their clans, 13 cities were given from the lands of Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and Manasseh in Basham. Remember, Manasseh dwelt on both sides of the Jordan. And then it says they got 12 cities from Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. So the people of Israel gave the Levites the cities with their pasture lands. They gave by lot out of the tribe of Judah, Simeon and Benjamin, these cities that are mentioned by name. And probably the closest that we could feel that today would be our ministers living in a parsonage. It doesn't belong to them, but they get to live there, okay? <clears throat> Because remember that the Levites, their portion was the Lord himself, the Lord told them. And they were waiting for their heavenly reward. And on earth, they would be always mindful that their inheritance was the Lord. And then that Kohath got cities out of the tribe of Ephraim. And they were also cities of refuge, all of these places where the priests dwelt. And these were the places that a manslayer was supposed to go if he was fleeing from the uh, judgment on his sin, which was to be killed, if he could get to a city of refuge, he would be safe. And who lived in the cities of refuge? The priests. Do you see the loving drawing of God to take someone that has manslayed and put him where the priests are? See? Just like to notice those kinds of things. And so it looks like Kohath got given cities of refuge, and one of them was Shechem, which we had already looked at, Shechem's earlier history. And then at verse 71, to the Gershomites, they got out of the clan of the half-tribe of Manasseh, they got Golan in Bashan. I'm sure you've heard of the Golan Heights. And Ashtaroth, with its pasture lands, and out of the tribe of Issachar, Kedish, and, and it lists all the cities so they got cities out of the lands and pasture lands of the other tribes. Okay, so now going back into what Genesis 49 says about Le Levi at verse 5. 
First, Levi is joined by Jacob with Simeon at verse 5. They're the ones that wrought the violence on Shechem. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Look at how they're brought together. This was a big moment for Jacob because he was afraid of their future after they dealt with the Shechemites the way they did. If you go to Deuteronomy 33, we will read at uh, verse 8. And of Levi, he said, now this is Moses. Moses has already received from the Lord the, the law and the law for the tabernacle of meeting. Of Levi, he said, give to Levi your your Thummim and your Urim to your godly one. And everybody wants to know what those are. What is the Thummim and the Urim? And my Bible author, which is, our see, commentary is, is um, R.C. Sproul and his team, he mentions what what they what they believe it at uh, another place in my Bible, and I'll tell you what he said about. It. We really don't know what it is, but it was something that they used in their priestly. Um, it says it, the actual words mean lights and perfection. These two Hebrew words begin with the first and last letters of the alphabet which is kind of interesting because Jesus is called the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega in Revelation 1.17. There is no hint of how they function or what they were, perhaps stones of different colors or two small objects engraved with symbols or letters of the alphabet. Whatever the Urim and the Thummim were, they were used to receive oracles from God. And you can look it up in your accordance. They're talked about in Numbers, 1 Samuel, and in Ezra, the Urim and the Thummim, used to receive oracles or the word of God. So this was Levi's function at this point after the giving of the law. He says, give to Levi your Thummim and your Urim. Give them the word of God to your godly one whom you tested at Massa, with whom you quarreled at the waters of Meribah. Who said of his father and mother, I regard them not. He disowned his brothers and ignored his children. Um, this part is kind of hard for people to understand. What's that referring to? It could just be leaving father and mother for the sake of the gospel type of leaving. But I'm not exactly sure. For they observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob, meaning the nation of Israel, your rules and Israel your law. So that was Levi's job, to teach the word of the Lord and his ways. And it says, they shall put incense before you and hold burnt offerings on your altar. Bless, O Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. Crush the loins of his adversaries, of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Well, you know, Levi was prominent in... Um, the golden calf issue. 
Yes, and that, and and obviously at the waters of Meribah, that's when they thirsted. I did go back to read that one. It's been a couple of weeks ago. I don't, I didn't see Levi mentioned in particular in that passage, but they must have been. Oh, yeah. They were all involved. But anyways, disowning his brothers and ignoring his children. I'm not exactly sure what that's about. Unless it was to do their priestly duties, they had to make that the first thing and not the second thing. It's like we would say today, or they even teach in recovery, you know, God first, family second, your job third. And that when people get those priorities mixed up, they start having problems. People work too much and ignore the family. Or they're so involved in family, they can't acknowledge the Lord. And family does keep people. Let me go back and bury my father, remember? So, um, So that's the descendants of Levi. Oh my gosh, just lost my place, First Chronicles. So they, um, there was three main tribes, and they were given cities to live in, not lands. They got usage. Now at chapter 7, we have Issachar, and it's actually at 945, so I think we just got through Levi. <laughs> We're really making some serious headway here in these genealogies, but hey, we've only got three chapters to go. <laughs> So um, we'll come back to that. We'll start at chapter 7 next week. And let's see. How about Bill Beverly closing us in prayer? Our Father, we thank thee for this many blessings. We thank thee for that word. Father, we thank thee for our genealogy and the raising that we have had. Father, be with us, go with us, in our name we ask, amen. Amen. You have been listening to Bible Study Verse by Verse with Vicki Mulak. For more of these podcasts and some resources, please go to our website at www.biblestudyvbv.org. O-R-G. That's www.biblestudy, V as in Victor, B as in boy, V as in Victor. The VBV stands for verse by verse, dot org, O-R-G. There you can register and contact us, or just leave a comment. We welcome your feedback. Thank you. This is George Mulek.